Jeff, I got a story. I don't know if it'll make it this podcast or the next one, but um, it's the most amazing thing that's happened to me, I guess, so far in real estate. <laughs> and uh, I can do it without. Thank you for listening you know, to the Fields Brothers show. Talking about, you know, of course, no names or no indication on who it will be, but you know, who it is. But boy. So you haven't told me about it yet? No, no. I don't think so. You've jumped the gun on starting the podcast here the last couple of weeks. I was ready for you this time, and then you just you didn't you didn't start it early like you have last time. I thought that was pretty funny last time when yeah when it starts up kind of yeah with no notice. So I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I try to keep you off balance a little bit, you know. So have I mentioned? Okay, first of all, this is the Fields Brothers Show. We're coming to you from Central Kentucky from uh, Rogers Man Cave and um, so I am Jeff Fields the younger of the two Fields brothers and I am here with Roger Fields and we are glad that you have joined us and um, whether you're in the car driving along or working out in the yard or in the house uh, getting some work done or just trying to get to sleep and think we could help you with that then whatever way we can be an encouragement to you we are glad <laughs> for that did I admit, yeah. I think we're both like this. You just asked me before I came in, have we already talked about this on the podcast? I said, well, there's something I was, I was, I can remember if we talked about it before. The Netflix series on Formula One racing. Have, we, have I mentioned that to you at all? Yeah, we've talked about that, but I don't know if it was on a podcast or not. <laughs> and, the, and that they're doing one on golf. Oh, Did no. we talk about that? I don't think I heard. Oh, boy. So, well, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's more of a Netflix a story Netflix. Than, than golf. But anyway, Formula, forget golf for just for a second. We'll okay. come back to it. But, um, Formula One racing. You familiar yeah, with F1 yeah, racing, yeah. what they call European. It's the indie style, indie yeah. car style type of deal. And I've never paid that much they attention to it. They do it on it. like a road, don't they? Sometimes. Like, yeah. Sometimes they're on actual tracks and sometimes yeah. they're on actual okay. actual roads. Okay. But um, it has grown enormously in popularity in the U.S. in the last couple of years because Netflix did a series on the entire season. I don't know how many episodes were in that series. I don't watch, watch a lot of Netflix, and I didn't even know about it. But um, Troy, one of my sons, has really gotten into Formula One racing, as have a lot of people in the U.S. because of the Netflix series. They watch okay. the Netflix series, and it follows the Formula whole season of Formula One racing. Gets the backstory and a lot of the personalities. I don't even know any Formula One races. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, I didn't before, but I okay. Um, right. I was going to give you a name, but I forgot it now. But um, but anyway, because of that, so this Netflix series has you know got a lot of people interested in that, and because of that, now a lot of people in the U.S. are watching Formula One. Well, the good news is, I saw a week or two ago that the same company that produced this series is going to produce a Netflix series on the PGA Tour, mm-hmm. and they're going to starting this fall. The PGA Tour runs kind of from fall to summer is the way so the season works. So the strategy is, we're going to do we did a Netflix so, on something a story on something very very fast. Now we need something very, very slow. Is that well, what it is? no, no, I don't, I don't think they're looking at it that way. Okay. But they're going to do. They have like twenty golfers. They haven't said who they are. Have signed up to be a part of it. It said twelve of the twenty are some of the top names on the PGA Tour, and they're going to follow them for the year. Do a lot of background stories and the week to week tournaments and all this. And then next fall, sometime release the series. So, okay. well, hey, I, I think be interesting. I just you, you can't wait find for that, that to come out. So. Yep. Yes, sir, buddy. I'm just uh, all right. Got a got a new segment I may do from time to time. I want to do this as I may do a you know, Facebook post on this as well, but I haven't yet. I wanted to bring in here's 
Um, this segment is called Bad Sermon Illustrations. I, I mentioned one a few weeks ago. <laughs> I already <laughs> you know, like it. You okay, know, the good dog, ahead. bad dog. I mentioned yeah, that a few weeks yeah. ago. This is another bad sermon illustration. So I disclaimer, I may or may not have used this personally in the, in my pastoral I background. Yeah, I mean, well, I honestly don't it. know. Right. But the idea about the, the one rotten apple in a barrel. If you got a barrel full of apples and there's one rotten barrel, yeah. the good apples don't make the rotten one good. The rotten one makes the good apples bad. And so the moral of the story is you, you better not hang around kind of bad people or okay. sinners very much because they're rotten apples and they're going to rub off on you and the rotten apples makes the good apples bad. You heard something along oh, those yeah. lines well, sure. before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something dawned on me about that the other day. Is that true even true? I mean, does I, a rotten I, I apple, so. does the rottenness spread to other apples? Well, I think, it, well, not just apples, but any type of... The I, rottenness yeah. spreads like a virus? I mean, how does that work? Well, it's just, I don't, I don't know. You're, you're getting more I'm details than we need to hear. I'm skeptical of this whole premise. Well, I think... You put a rotten banana... I mean, if you, you got if you got a drawer in your refrigerator of a rotten piece of fruit, you want to, you know, I think it causes the other ones to go bad. It sooner. does. I don't think it does. I think it's just that they all kind of go bad at the same time. Well, but okay. one of them goes first, and so we think, well, that one gets blamed <laughs> for spraying the rottenness to the other fruits. Uh, okay. okay. You rottenness. taking this a little different direction well, than I was thinking. Just, I'm just but, rethinking this whole premise. But, but my point is that... You know, in, in that illustration, so just assume that is true for a second. Okay, so just, well, just yeah, grant me, right. grant we'll me that much. That. I, I didn't realize this was going to be so controversial with well. you, but the um, but the point is that you know, if you got a, a barrel of apples and one rotten one and one good one, or a bunch of good ones, even the good ones have been separated from the tree. They're all a little bit to your point. They are all in the process of going rotten. Oh well, yeah, just some faster than others. So they're all yeah. essentially dead. Now I think, well, that's yeah. a that's a bad illustration because we, as in Christ, we are not separated from the tree. So that you see why the why well, I, yeah. I see the fallacy of the yeah, of the this illustration, illustration falls apart on every level. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm guessing you never did use it back when I you were preaching. I don't believe I ever did, but, but just kind of. But the idea that you know, greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. I right. mean, it just kind of right. says that you can't do anything about this. If you surround yourself with bad people, then they're just gonna. You know, bad morals. What, what's that line? Bad company corrupts good morals. Right, is that? I don't right, think right. that's. No, that's not in the Bible. The Bible. No. <laughs> but the idea that you know, it just dawned on me the other day. Oh, no, wait a minute. Those apples are all already dead. They're already in the starting yeah. the early in the process because they don't have any life within them, and that's not a good illustration well, for know, us. And, so and that's that, a bad sermon illustration. It, well, the, but but the fact that the sermon illustration exists and has been told does illustrate an, a point in that people do have more faith in the evil in the world than they do mm. in the power and the presence of God. Yeah. People are really freaked out right now. I mean, I, and I understand that in a sense, you know, about things they see happening, um, you know, overseas and even in America. Yeah. Places. I mean, they're really upset about that. And I get that. I mean, I, there's a lot of things I don't like either. Do you want to cover that in more detail in the next podcast or were you going to? Well, no, I wouldn't go into it. I'm just okay. pointing out that no matter how bad the world gets you, I believe you do have to have a faith in God that I mean, we don't have a, we don't believe in a God who wrings his hands. Oh my goodness! I never saw that coming. You know how? What, what are we going to do now? I mean, you have you, God does always have a plan. Yeah. I mean, no matter, I, so you mentioned the other day that about you know 
this is what you mentioned to me the other day, right? That a lot of people are kind of really worried right now. Well, about yeah, that. And the center right. we may want to cover right. the podcast. Right. And I said, yeah, that would be a good thing. So okay. We, right. Are we doing that now? Yeah, or did you already, okay. No, right. I mean, we can't. I didn't know if that's what you already had. No, no, I wasn't sitting that next time right right so. so. In full disclosure, we record a couple podcasts at a time, typically. So this is the, uh, we're sitting down here in the first one trying to figure out what we're doing here in the next one. Okay, so let's talk about that. Current events, and without getting in too political here and things like that, but there are, you know, a lot of people, a lot of believers yeah. are really worried, scared, fearful, whatever, um, well, for various reasons. I mean, our country's very polarized. Um, you know, violence is on an uptick. I mean, that's by mm -hmm. anybody's definition, I think. Um, you know, there's, um, you know, COVID has got people freaked out. Um, you know, what's going on overseas. And we have, there are people still in Afghanistan who are trying to get out. And, I mean, that, that breaks my heart that people are conce conceivably going to be under Taliban rule and, and the Taliban is not going to take kindly to any Americans left behind or particularly the Afghans who helped America. Yeah. And so there's a lot of stuff, you know, southern border I think is a real problem. I mean, human trafficking is a big deal on the southern border. I mean, by there again, I think by any objective standard, that's a big problem. So and there's so, various areas we could point yeah. to yeah. and just moral decay yeah. in the country. Yeah. Um, in our society that you know you mentioned this to me the other day I had a friend of mine that, at work that listens to our podcast you know I saw him today and I said well we're recording the next couple tonight I said any any hot button topics you want us to cover any questions and uh, he basically brought this up I mean I didn't tell him you and I yeah. had talked about yeah. this but the idea of and in particularly for a you know young couple that's raising children you yeah. and I are kind of beyond the yeah. raising children but now we have grandchildren coming up right. and, and there's always the the aspect of Okay, what type of world are our grandchildren going to have when they grow up? And I'm guessing, you know, I don't know, just every generation feels that way. You know, our grandparents may have felt the exact same way uh, when well, we were little. I mean, there have been, been times of incredible turmoil in America. I mean, if that's what we're using as our kind of our, our, our mm -hmm. ground zero here. I mean, you know, the 60s were, I mean, a lot of turmoil going on with, of course, the Vietnam War. And a lot of things were changing. A lot of morals were changing. A lot of things were happening then. I mean, we went through a civil war, uh, this country did. So, I mean, there's been some really tough times. Um, I mean, a couple of thoughts I had after you asked me about it. Um, you know, one of the first things that came into my mind is the early church, the earliest believers, you know, they yeah. did not live right. in a in an easy world. Right. I mean, times right. were hard then. They lived under the Roman right. Empire. Uh, that was a very oppressive, totalitarian type of government. And there are a lot of people concerned that we're heading toward a more totalitarian government and so um you know this is you know christians did live under that um you know the idea of fear you know we've not talked a lot about fear in this podcast but you know you and i are both well aware that i think the most common command in scripture is fear not i mean that is all through scripture right and so fear is you know whenever we sense fear i think that's that's an indication that we've got our focus off and uh you know fear is definitely well, Not fear, I think, perfect means... Perfect love cast out fear. Yeah, I think fear kind of means that you you have more faith in circumstances and in the way things are going than you have in God. And so... So not it. not so no fear doesn't mean that there's never a concern or never no, a, no. Um, you know, concern or yeah. worry, whatever. Doesn't word mean you live about under things rock. and trends and that right. you just... You know, it's always been kind of an... I don't know. I don't even know where I am on some of this stuff, but you know, that's been a debate for the for believers through the years, for the church through the years of how much do you try to get involved in your culture yeah. and in government yeah. and how much do you not, you know? Yeah. So one, one camp would say, you know, you just focus on the kingdom of God. You don't even get involved in the, 
the political systems of the world and you just focus on the spiritual and that's what we're to be. And then another others would say, well, no, you know, if that happens, then we're just turning those systems over to the world, over to those who are unbelievers and makes life worse for everybody. And, and God does want us involved in those things. So you well, have any thoughts on that? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, one is like, first of all, you have to start with the fact that the world is going to be the world. I mean, the world is going to do bad things. In this world, you will have you tribulation. Have tri- tribulation. Um, greater is he who's within you than he who's within the world. The reason right. that state is because the implication is in the world, there's some pretty so bad there's stuff always going to be opposition. There's always going to be, the world gonna, is always going to be against. There's always going to be problems. This, this, um, um, I do believe that the first priority should be um, the gospel, the gospel of grace, and what God has done for us. I believe, you know, it's like somebody said, which is true, you know, in 100 years, that's really all that's going to matter is what, mm-hmm. we, what we've believed. Um, um, I do think that, you know, even historically that um, America was birthed because a lot of people who had faith in God and a lot of pastors were very involved um, in the Revolutionary War. Yeah. Um, I guess historically a fact. A couple of years ago, I got to do there a few, three or four years ago, a walking tour of Harvard campus in Boston. There's a plaque right at the entrance coming in from the sidewalk. That's It's, it's incredibly... Um, you know, spiritual statement on the founding of Harvard. Of course, yeah. now they've obviously gone away away yeah. from that, but that that, right. that plaque is still up there in the from the beginning. Right. Um, so a lot of believers were very involved in the the founding, yeah, and, and, and and I do, you know, I, I do think this kind. Of, I, I, it's probably a better way for me to say this, but I do believe that God gives some some leeway as to how involved we want to be. Mm-hmm. I believe that we should be somewhat involved and that we should care. If we have a love for people, then I think we should care about systems that work against people. Um, I think there have been systems in this country. I think, for instance, if um, you know we were living back in uh, the time of the Civil War, I would hope that I would have a real problem with slavery, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and not just see that, well, that's a political thing. You know, well, you know, people suffer under that yeah. and suffered under that. Um, I believe that today there are people who suffer under things, whether it's, I think, for a lot of people, it's, it's you know, I think high taxation for a lot of people is wrong. I think some, a lot of the government involvement in business does hurt people. I think what's, you know, if somebody comes over the border who's violent, and that's happened a lot. That hurts people. And so there's certain things that are just damaging to people. I don't know that we need to make every single political issue paramount, but I do think if you love people, then you're going to care about certain things that impact people's lives. Public policies. Public policies do impact people's lives. And so, you know, I so I think it is it makes sense to me to want to get involved in that and to make a difference even realizing that it may or may not work. Mm-hmm. You know, there are Christians that tried to stop Hitler and were unsuccessful, you know. Bonhoeffer was one of them. Um, I think he probably did the right thing in trying to stop Hitler, but it didn't work. He got killed for it. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, um, you know, we can take a stand. I think we still need to love people and even love people who are on the other side of the political equation than yeah. we are. I don't think we have to see 
you know, we still do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't, you know, fight. Oh, yeah, that, that's an important distinction, yeah. I think. Ephesians yeah. 6, for we yeah. wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities powers. So, so it is a spiritual battle. I don't think we want to see the people being our enemy that are on the other mm-hmm. side of the political equation. But I do think that, you know, we pull down arguments and, and we pull down ideas and things that um, are detrimental to people. So I do believe in getting involved. But having said that, I mean, I think it's possible that you can be involved all day long and you can pray and have millions of Christians praying, and that does not necessarily mean that the world's going to get better. Mm -hmm. I've had this debate with many ministers, several ministers, that the church is really not called to change the world. Now, that freaks people out because a lot of people just deeply believe that, Mm -hmm. that we're here to change the world. Well, as I read the Bible, the world's going to be a mess until Jesus comes back. When Jesus comes back... He will change the world. Now, the gospel has had an impact on the world, on people within the world, but the world itself is going to be a mess. Now, sometimes it's more obviously a mess than it is at other times, and sometimes it more, seems like it's more of a mess in certain places than it is in other places. So I take it you're not a post-millennialist where things just get better and better and better and we kind of so. issue in, yeah, you know, I, usher in the millennials. That so. would probably not be my, okay. yeah, my position. <laughs> but, you know, so I think... I think, it, well, I guess what I'm saying is for me, yes, I want to try to be a voice, try to make a difference, but um, I have, but I realize that um, um, biblically we're going to be on a bad trajectory. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert on Bible prophecy, and I don't have all it all worked out when the rapture is going to happen, how it's going to happen, and who's the Antichrist and all that kind you of don't. stuff. You don't. No, I don't. But I do think there's a pretty clear trend that there's going to be some problems uh, before Jesus comes back. So, And there's been a ton of problems in the world at different yeah. times yeah. as well um yeah i think i mentioned earlier i don't know where i stand on some of these things what i, I do believe i do believe christians and believers uh it, that it's good to be involved in political things and like that so i'm not saying i'm i'm not indecisive on that and i'm glad when godly people uh are in public office i guess two or three thoughts i i think of you know what is it that motivates us to get involved politically if it's if it's fear that motivates us then i think we may be off track a little bit there that we think you know god's just losing control and and that there's a real fear that we've lost sight of the the sovereignty of god and that jesus is still lord he is king of kings lord of lords he is still over all but if we um so i think we can want to be involved in those things out of out of love and along the lines of what you mentioned in order to make things better for other people in order to to be an expression of love for others i thought of second corinthians 12 it talks about it, and weakness is our strength that there is a sense in in any time whether it's this issue or some more personal issue that's not a side you know that's different than the cultural uh, governmental societal type of issues anything that makes us feel vulnerable or weak i think we can rejoice in that 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 it it's a reminder it's an encouragement to look to god and depend on God, and to that's not always trust easy to them. do. That's oh, like, you know, easy. Yeah, yeah, it's like even personally, that's like when well, you know, when I have a, if I have a calamity, my car falls apart in the middle of the highway. You know, well, that gives me an opportunity to trust God. Well, that's probably true. However, I don't like having my car broken down in the middle of the highway either. Yeah, I, I was thinking more ongoing type of situations and one-time events, but I guess it okay. could be applied to either. But I mean, okay. I think that's the gist of Saint Corinthians twelve. That yeah. you know, when we have weaknesses and infirmities. And I, that you know, Paul says, you know, you not only just put up with it, you actually rejoice in that yeah, because yeah. that it is in that that we experience more of the strength of God. 
I think of the fact that I mentioned earlier, you know, fear is not of God. Or in one place, and I think it's really true, that evil tries to hide the truth. And so when we see a lot of evil around us, you know, that, that's trying to hide the truth. And the truth is, we know how the story ends. And we know Jesus is Lord. We know, or I think in Romans 5, where sin abounds, what? Grace does much more abound. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the things I think could play out in this. You know, there's a lot of religious stuff that needs to come down. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, that's where a lot of people's concern is. Yeah. You know, they yeah. see, okay, a lot, a lot of these traditional religious structures are dwindling and all that. Yeah. And I think you and I are probably in the same camp. We're not all that depressed about that. No, you know, some I'm of them really need not. to come down. Yeah, really And not. so I see that. And in a sense, that needs to come down in order for, I think, the, the true church to um, – to come, you know, to shine a little bit brighter. And so I think there is kind of a grace awakening among a lot of believers. And so I think that can be a, a good thing. Or I thought of Philippians 4, too, of, you know, Paul said, I've learned to be content in any yeah. situation. And that yeah. was for his own personal yeah. comfort or lack of comfort. But well, the idea that, that our, our contentment, our peace, is not based on our circumstances. Well, yeah, it's true. I mean, I have a friend who always likes to quote, um, you know, what's it? James has counted all joy when you confer, you know, I think, you know, there's some scriptures that really kind of irk me. That might be one of them. Like, oh, you know, and it's like, I realize that is what it says. I didn't mean I have to like it. So I'm know? just picturing heaven. You and yeah. Martin Luther over in the corner, yeah. just giving James a hard time. Yeah, yeah. I never liked that book of James. Yeah, I didn't either. He faced trials and I'm thinking, I just, I'm just not, I'm just, I can be real enough to say, I don't do that real well. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, yeah, that is. Sometimes we can lack some honesty and, and, yeah. uh, and just kind of yeah. whitewash over things. You know, the other verse I thought of um, in Proverbs, I hadn't really thought about it for a long time. I used to think, you know, it seems like I used to hear about it more than I have lately, but righteousness exalts a nation, but sin has ever approached any people. <laughs> I memorized that in the old King James. I don't even know what it is yeah. and the others. But so, I mean, that's still there, and I think that's still true. But just, I guess the main point that, that comes to my mind is that if our Peace and our sense of rest, I guess peace is the best word, comes from if we're looking for our outward circumstances, then we're going to be misled. We're either going to be overexcited in some situations and too depressed in other situations. So it doesn't mean we don't care. It doesn't mean we don't have desired outcomes around us. But we realize that, you know, Jesus said that, well, that verse I mentioned earlier that, you know, in this world you will have tribulation, but what's, what comes after that? Remember what he said after that? But be, yeah, of, be of good cheer. cheer. I've overcome I the have world. overcome the world. Yeah. Past tense, I have overcome the world. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, you know, if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So it's, it, I think the world, the enemy, one of our enemies is the world, and I think that counters the let Father. Me, let me throw one other so, thing into the hopper here, and we don't really have time to develop this, but Jesus did not come to change political systems. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole theology out there, liberation theology, that's all built around the fact they believe, not the fact, but the belief that they think Jesus came to kind of usher in a more equitable system on earth, and that is absolutely false on a lot of levels. One is he said, my kingdom is not of this world, which means mm-hmm. the world's system is, I mean, not of the planet, but of the system. Uh, the early church did not, they were not all about trying to change the inequities in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, they believed that their their citizenship was in another place. They didn't rail against the political structures of the day. They didn't. Um, and so uh, the whole notion that, you know, the church is, our, we're soldiers trying to bring in a, a godly world system is nuts. It's not in the Bible. 
And it's a, it's a distortion of several scriptures, and I know where these scriptures are. I've read these books. I know where they come from. I even kind of started leaning that way for a short period of time because that's all you read for a little while. You, it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense, but it's got some major fallacies. And so having said that, um, I, I don't believe that our mission – let me say it this way. I don't believe our mission as believers is to change political systems one way or the other. Now, I believe our mission is to is – to, you know, just let God love us and let him live through us, live the gospel through us. But because we love people, we can have opinions and beliefs and things that we think are going to change or will better people's lives. They have no problem with that. And then being involved in the yeah, direction. Yeah, being involved. I have, have opinions, no problem with but that. But actually being yeah, involved. Yeah, being involved. And, I have no problem with that. And so, and I, I mean, think, it is. And I, God gives that latch. I don't think it's a mandate. Yeah. I don't think he mandates that believers do that, but I believe we have the freedom to do that. So if we're motivated by guilt, okay, if I don't do something, then, then God's not going to be happy with me and I'm not going to be as righteous as I should be or fear, then I think those are, are kind of red flags. But, you know, if it's motivated by love um, for one another, uh, the way that God has loved us, um, then I think there is a place for that. So, yeah, I, I mean, agree with that. Jesus is on his throne. He is Lord of Lords. Someday you know, God, and God is just not rattled. I mean, we get rattled. God doesn't get rattled, and we've got to remember that. You, so you, know, you don't think Jesus is on the throne wringing his hands? Yeah, he saw what's all this coming. And, you know, the idea that if we just get enough Christians to pray a certain way, that we can get a certain political outcome, I think is a fallacy. And it's kind of a question do you really believe this stuff or not? Yeah. You know, you get times like this. Yeah, we all believe Jesus is Lord, He's in control. Well, do you really? Yeah. Well, I got to almost none of the stuff I had for this since we got on that, but I'll uh, we'll catch up on some other stuff in another podcast, hopefully.